Hello and welcome to Queerator. Today we're going to be talking about chosen family and disrespectful or intolerant relatives. I thought this would be pretty appropriate because the holiday season is coming up and even though it's COVID, a lot of people will be getting together with their families who aren't always the best about people's identities. So joining me today to talk about it is Rachel and Adrian. You guys can go ahead and introduce yourselves. I, I can go first. So my name is Rachel. I use they, them pronouns and I identify as queer and non-binary. Um, hi, my name's Adrian. I use uh, she, her pronouns and I am transgender. And I am Poppy. I use she, her pronouns as well and I am bisexual. So um, first I wanted to start this off with uh, your experiences with family and um, especially intolerant family. For me, I have only like come out to my the people that I live with, so the family that I live with, which is my mom and my siblings, and they're really great about it. But I honestly haven't come out to people that I don't think will be um, accepting, even though it's very difficult. That's kind of how I've dealt with that is I only like tell people that I know I can trust and I don't even feel ready to go there for for people that I know or I don't know for sure if they'll be accepting so um I'm kind of in a similar situation with uh to Rachel like I have also only really in terms of family members I've only come out to my immediate family like the people who I know that would be supportive in time not necessarily right away but in time just because i know that there are members of my family who may not react super well um and i don't know for sure like it might not turn out the way i think but sometimes it's better just to kind of play it safe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely a scary thing when you don't know how people will Mm -hmm. react um like when i was first trying to come out um, I, I mean, I knew my parents wouldn't like kick me out. They weren't anti-gay. I knew that, but I just wasn't really sure how they felt about it. Cause we've never talked about it. it never entered the house at all. So, um, I remember when the Americans legalized same-sex marriage at, it was like the more that morning I sat down, we were having coffee and I was like, so that happened weird right just kind of like testing the water and waited to see how my how my parents reacted and my dad was like oh yeah it's cool and mm-hmm. i was like not a big deal big deal just like trying to suss it out i like that <laughs> yeah i definitely have had experiences with that i don't know i feel like I, my whole life i've been a bit too scared to like test out the waters i don't but I feel like I was definitely way more observant, like on Entertainment Canada. <laughs> Entertainment Canada, you know that show? My mom watches that all the time. And there would be like trans people on there. Like they would be talking about trans people on there sometimes or like queer people. And I would just be way like taking apart how they reacted, stuff like that. It's always so un- uncomfortable though to like do that. But. Yeah, especially when you're, like, 
watching a movie or something and a queer character shows up and you're like, what is, what does your face look like? Yeah. What are you? I purposely, every time that happens, like a queer character, even now, it's even now it's like hard to, I guess, unlearn that because that's like always been my reaction. But even now, every time a queer character shows up on TV or like two people kissing, like queer people kissing, I'm just, I know it's going to happen because I can guess that and I, I talk or I like go get some food because I don't know. It's just like, it just feels like everyone's look. It feels like that time in my life where like, I'm like, are they looking at me? Like, it just feels weird. I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of queer people, feel that where it's this stigmatized thing for so long or it's something that's not really discussed in the house and then you're not really sure how to react to it with your family that's exactly kind of how it felt with my family like uh it just it wasn't something that we talked about it we didn't really talk about a whole lot as a family but i think like me coming out really opened up that dialogue for a lot of my family members and didn't you, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't you come out in several phases, like, to try and oh, warm them up to the idea? God, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe four years ago, I brought it up with my mom, uh, just after I kind of realized what I was feeling. I can remember the day pretty much exactly. It was in the middle of the summer, um, or at the beginning. Okay, maybe I can't remember it exactly, but <laughs> I can remember walking down the hallway because my mom was about to go to work. And I'm like, hey, mom, I have something to talk to you about. Um, and I wasn't really sure how to vocalize my feelings. And she thought I was like trying to come out as gay. Um, but it wasn't that. And she's like, okay, well, we'll see how maybe you feel in a year. If you still feel the same way, we can look into like further steps. And I didn't realize that, like, uh, I needed to kind of further that dialogue. I thought it would just continue on. I wasn't really sure. Um, And then a year came, and I brought it up again, and my parents were like, oh, we thought you had kind of moved on from that. Um, And that was probably my fault, because I didn't bring it up. But uh, then the next thing was there were a few kind of back and forth moments in between then and about a year ago, which is when I actually sat down with them and said, I need to go see someone. I need to talk this out with a professional. And a few months ago, I finally officially came out as trans. Took a while, took a long time, but finally here, so. I think you touched on something that's really, really important with family, um, especially if they're ignorant you know it's not not accepting it's just not aware and if your family isn't aware consistency is so important Mm -hmm. you know it's just continually asserting like no this is me and you should learn about this and you should try to understand me can i add on to that yeah of course um just because i definitely think that that is what i have experienced it's not that they don't want to know or they don't want to continue it. It's just, you need to bring it up continually. Like that's what I've found I had to do because 
from the beginning of that period around a year ago up until even now still i'm using um gender neutral pronouns with them until i can kind of further myself in my transition and it's like i have to remind them or my family like my siblings will remind them just to use these pronouns um my mom's pretty good at it my dad a little bit less good but they're both getting there and they've said that they just don't know about it like it's not that they are unwilling to learn they just don't know but they are taking steps to learn more about it and educate themselves which is really good yeah that's so important for parents and family in general the willingness to learn yeah sorry go ahead rachel also what you said before adrian congratulations like that must feel really like you're taking steps but also you said before like you feel like it's your fault yeah i feel like that must be really hard but it's like so not your fault because like in this world like straight cis people don't have to come out but we have to come out and like and so i don't think that it's like ever our fault or your fault that they didn't understand it you know it's more like broader heteronormativity and like Mm -hmm. cisnormativity is like that must be really difficult to like feel like it's your it's your fault yeah so i just wanted to say that well thank you yeah i I totally agree (laughs) just for the record adrian i just i guess i feel that way just because i didn't know how to express myself properly i wasn't sure how to talk about it and like how to properly explain what I was feeling um and I don't know like once I was able to and once I had my counselor with me as like a tool that I could use to help explain things it became so much easier but Mm -hmm. thank you for saying that Rachel yeah of course I I also like I guess situation like similar as you because I've told my mom and like my siblings, I guess, that I have been open in like the my college life about using they them pronouns. I'm not like that in outside of that. And it's like a weird situation because they know that, um, but they are still using like she her pronouns for me. And my mom is like really like she accepting I feel like of me being non-binary but yeah she still uses she or her pronouns for me and so I'm definitely feel like I do I'm kind of in this stage where like I'm taking it step by step as well even though I would love for people to use they them pronouns for me all the time every day they still use she her pronouns for me because I am scared mm-hmm. to like say can you do this for me? Yeah, that's a really difficult position to be in. Um, yeah, this touches on something else I wanted to talk about, which was it takes such a mental toll to, I guess, try and compromise for your family, whether it's using different pronouns that they're more comfortable with or compromising your identity in some way. So how do you, how do you make sure to take care of yourself and make sure that it's not I guess, affecting you, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I think that no matter what, it does affect me. But there are definitely things that I do. Like, for example, 
figuring out that I wanted to take that step like in terms of my college life like this part of my life I'm in a situation where I can't really be open about my sexuality or my my gender my pronouns like making sure that I take steps in college where I do feel more comfortable and letting people know my pronouns and in a way I feel like it's sort of practicing uh, practicing for like the part of my life where I feel like it, it will be much more difficult to like come out because in my college life like people still misgender me and so <clears throat> I think that it does help a lot to like deal with that in college where it's like not as high risk just not as scary than in my family and I think that doing that has made me feel better about like my myself and my gender and my how I express myself and it's made me a bit less less scared even though it is scary to like come out to my family so but I know that not everyone might be comfortable with that but I think that I think that it is less scary when when you have people that you're seeing for the very first time that you're never going to see again or you're meeting for the very first time I I usually would be more open with my sexuality and my and my gender in those situations and that's helped a lot. Um I know that I've definitely found it better to introduce myself as female to people in Sheridan that I'm meeting for the first time um just because it's it's almost like for me at least then they won't have to overcome that previous knowledge of me like if i came if i introduced myself as male first and then i was like oh actually these are my pronouns it would be difficult for them to kind of kind of get over that mental image of me that they've already created and it's just it's it's nice to hear like that from people who you don't necessarily know if you'll have a huge engagement with because it's kind of just like it's the same feeling as being um gendered correctly by like a cashier or something um it's like because it, it's just that kind of random uh validation that like it does you don't necessarily expect it to happen it just kind of does and it makes your day better um for instance just like a example of that um i was traveling home with my sister and we're at the bus station and um we were just walking back to the the actual station and a woman passed us and she said enjoying your walk today ladies and i wasn't even necessarily trying to pass i was kind of just almost in i guess like middle of the road mode like gender neutral mode um and that's the kind of thing that just you get it and it's like wow serotonin boost yeah um and i think that i don't know like i don't feel that i had necessarily had to hide much from my family especially after that i like after coming out um they know what is going on with me i keep them up to date with everything um the only thing right now is just the pronouns that's the difficult thing for them and i think that when i can shift to female pronouns for them. Mainly the reason I have them using, or like I've asked them to use gender neutral pronouns right now is because 
I feel that there might be more of a disconnect between how I appear currently and uh, female pronouns than in a few months when I've started hormone therapy. I think that like when what you were saying, Adrian, made me think about like I've had I had this experience um, where like someone misgendered me. It's always been a scary moment for me to be like, actually, and sometimes I don't, I don't even, I feel too scared to like correct the person. So, and then I corrected that person, which I think it was like the first time I ever did that because I was like, oh, I'm going to see this, these people a lot again. So I, I kind of want to. And then it, they were like, oh, sorry. And then but after that, I was like, whoa, I can do that. It's like, I can do that. And it's not like in my head, I guess it felt so scary that it was unattainable. But then I'm like, whoa, I can do that. And also, even though like college has been a place where I can be more open. It's like people still see me as as a woman. And it's like, I just want, which I know I probably will have to deal with that a lot of my life, but I just want to get, I, it would be lovely if like, I say I'm non-binary, so you see me as non-binary, you know? I I can relate strongly to that. Um, yeah. Um, just because, like, in terms of people, like, seeing you as as one thing, like, without even speaking to you, like, they've already made that assumption. I'm always worried about that because, like, passing as female is a big thing for me. And it's not necessarily just because of, like, it is because that's how I want to be perceived, but it's also kind of, like, I'm terrified of what could happen if someone, like, clocks me as trans and then they're, like, I don't like you because of that. It's it's a little scary, um, but I I know what it's like to be like perceived as like the gender that you are not automatically just by someone seeing you. And um, especially during Zoom calls, I feel because of my voice, because um, it's it's definitely not perfect. It's it's kind of somewhere, but um, I think that people kind of perceive me as being. Like, they're like, oh, that's a guy, that's a male. Um, and I had to kind of double down on like, I've got like the pronouns, I've got like the more feminine name. I had my, uh, like the more masculine spelling, which is how my name is legally spelt. And I found that after changing it to the feminine spelling, I got misgendered a lot less, um, even when I didn't say anything. It's just like small things, I guess. All right, and um, this brings me to Chosen Family. I'm pretty sure many people listening know this term already, but uh, does one of you want to give like a little explanation? Uh, sure, I can uh, take a crack at it, and if I get it wrong, just <laughs> we'll add me. on. Yeah, we'll add on to it. Yeah. From my experience and understanding, a Chosen Family is not necessarily it's not it, like it can include people who are part of your biological family, but it can also just be the people that you know and love who are not necessarily biologically related to you, but people you've chosen to 
include deeply in your life in some way. Um, like for instance, members of my chosen family are like all over the place. Like the first members were my like high school best friends and then my coworkers at my old job. Uh, just the people who I wanted to include deeply into my life who weren't necessarily related to me. Yeah, totally. I think that was a good explanation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, great. Yeah. I think it's just, it's these people who you know love you unconditionally and you love them unconditionally. And there's such a freedom with chosen family because it doesn't have these expectations, I guess, of um, traditional family. And I mean, your, your biological family could be part of your chosen family. That's the case for a lot of people. But with friends you really trust and I guess coworkers too, yeah, who you really trust, it's it's this great freedom and this great bond that um, is really supportive and wonderful. Very much so. And have you found that it's easier to, I guess, be yourself and come out and um, find yourself within your chosen family? Even though, like, my family members are obviously, they're part of that overall group, like, um, and I would say, like, I've chosen to keep them a part of my, like, existence, so they are a part of my chosen family, as well as my biological family. I find that the other members of my chosen family, like those friends and coworkers, I have found it to be easier to kind of express myself around them, and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, I feel it may just be there are different kinds of expectations and you may not have known them for as long. Um, and I know with like some people's biological family, like your parents may have a specific way they see you and how they envisioned your future, how they expected things to kind of turn out. And if what, like who you are doesn't necessarily always line up with those it can be harder to fully express yourself I wouldn't say that's necessarily the case with my biological family I think that they're all great um, and very accepting but it's still in some places easier for me to express myself I guess also because they're just like some things you don't want your family to see you doing like you don't want your family to see you getting drunk or something um, I don't know that doesn't tie into this, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's part yeah, like it's the same true. kind of thing. It's like you wouldn't necessarily go drinking with your parents, but you would go drinking with your best friend who might be who is most likely part of your chosen family. It's just it's a different kind of bond, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily closer, just different. I think that a hundred percent with chosen family it's like easier to be around, easier to like let them know what your identity is, experiment with your identity if you want to, because I think for me, I'm not gonna have someone as, within my chosen family that isn't accepting of, of that, you know? Like with your family, they're like, with your biological family, they're like in your life, and you are put in 
uncomfortable situations that you know you don't want to be in but with your chosen family you can like choose it's like you have more freedom to choose how um comfortable you feel i think and set boundaries but i i was thinking when you were talking adrian it's so difficult because with my biological family they're great people amazing like they're loving caring i'm i'm grateful with everything except for like they maybe are uncomfortable with queer people or they are uncomfortable with queer people and trans people it's really difficult i think because I am in a position in my life where I'm like, am I willing to lose like these great biological family members that I love so much that have been in my life, my whole life, um, because I am, I do also, because it's also very important to me to like be able to live openly as a unapologetically as a queer and trans person you know because mm-hmm. both are very important to me like biological family and my identity and it's also kind of scary because like my biological family I feel like are so rooted as well in like my cultural identity and just who I am in my culture as well um going off of that do you have any suggestions for, I guess, people trying to educate their family or warm their family up to that thing? Because, I mean, as you said, for a lot of people, it's really, really difficult. And sometimes they have to give up their family or, um, I guess, take it slower just so their family gets used to it. Um, and unfortunately, they have to be the educators and... So uh, I don't know if you've taken any steps to try and warm your family up to that, but I was wondering if you two had suggestions about how you could do that. Something that I've found is you just kind of need to, you can't rush it. Like it's not going to happen overnight, especially if they're not necessarily super well versed in stuff like this. Like if they don't, know everything they're not going to learn everything in one night it takes time um and just like when they're doing stuff for instance my mom um she's been doing a lot of reading and she's been like making herself like because she's become more educated on like gender identity sexuality all that sort of stuff just by reading and you really need to encourage that like when it happens be like this is excellent. Thank you so much. This is incredibly validating for me. Be very positive um, and talk to them about it. Like, be like, if you have any questions, like, just ask me. I'm right here. And don't make it an awkward thing, I think. Um, in my family, we didn't necessarily talk about a lot of stuff. And anytime something serious came up, it felt really awkward. But since I've come out, talking about stuff like that has become easier just because it's more open so being open is really important and again just being patient I think because like I said it won't happen in one night like they love you 
for the most part. I don't, I can't speak for everyone's, but I know in my situation, my family loves me and they will learn about who I am in time. It just takes some learning and practice, I guess. For me, with my mom, I think that it's just been um, a journey to being more open about talking to her about LGBTQ plus topics, you know? It has been scary and it still is a bit scary. I'm not sure why. I think that learning that it's okay to like talk about it and it's it doesn't have to be uncomfortable like has been very helpful because I think that even though my mom is like accepting, I even asked her when I came out to her, I was like, you still love me and she's like yeah yeah I love you I think that the more I talked about it with my I talk about it with my mom it's like the less that she's like says like things like oh when all of you get a husband or you know sometimes you'll have a boyfriend whatever you know like heteronormative things like that so I've I've definitely noticed that totally definitely like trying to normalize it trying to bring it into the discussion is so so helpful Mm -hmm. like I mean I'm bisexual uh, I'm cisgender but I still try and introduce different LGBTQ plus topics to my family because you know it's something I really care about and um I whenever they say something that maybe is a little bit ignorant I'm like no it should be this thing like um Elliot Page just came out and um, I've talked about non-binary to my parents before, but as soon as he came out, they were like um, using the dead name and um, using different pronouns in the past. And I just kind of like casually tried to bring it into the conversation, tried to talk about it. Like, no, you should use he or they pronouns. And then they were asking questions like, why is it he slash they? Why isn't it just one? And then I could answer those questions. And then it was just, it was an open conversation where they were very interested to listen and be like, oh, this is that thing. I didn't know about that. So I think really bringing it into the conversation, talking about either from personal experience or about celebrities is super helpful or movies. If you see a movie where there's uh, a trans character or a gay character and they have questions about that, answering those questions, being super open and willing and also not judgmental, I think. Um, it's very easy for cisgender or straight people to, I don't want to say be offended, but just feel like attacked when people are like, oh no, you can't do this. You can't do this Mm -hmm. rather than just like explaining it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally connect with that. Looking back into my life when I was younger and my mom was also younger, like in my past, my mom definitely like for a lot of things didn't know and I think that for me um I wasn't like there was lots of times where she would use outdated terms but now she's in a place where she actually does like understand more things because um my siblings and I have like consistently talked to her about it and I it's so amazing to like think about her growth and like I think that was really helped me um, because I, as I mentioned before, has was really scared to like bring up 
topics when I was not out of like queer people and even now it is still like uncomfortable what's helped me is like like correcting her with other things you know like if she was to say like like a slur as an insult just correcting her and then continuously telling her and then when she finally gets it which is obviously like takes time that helped me feel more comfortable and it's yeah so I just took like really baby steps I feel like that's the the thesis of this episode just like baby steps keep trying consistency um you know because it's a cliche but it, it gets better you know people people grow people change and that's the beautiful thing about this whole process is that it can be really painful and it can be really hard but most people I think manage to make their family grow and become more accepting and learn about it mm-hmm. totally and also having a counselor helped me out so much. Like I had a, a, a counselor that was Asian and non-binary, I think, and also queer. That was, whoa, that was life-changing. That helped me so much um, just with, because they had experience with that. So I could talk to them about that. And that was very helpful. And so there are a lot of resources, I think, out there in Toronto, like not as much here where I live. So it was a long travel, but there are a lot of resources now during COVID-19, like virtual counselors and people and like groups that were really helpful for me just like coming to terms with my own identity and also discussing with people how I can just discussing with people what I want in life and like how to attain that. Like after speaking to the counselor about what I was scared about, they would start talking and then I would start thinking and I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to text this family member right now and let them know. And that was so helpful for me. So I think like, Talking it out with someone is is really great. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Sheridan, the Empower Me service is available. It's free to all students. So any Sheridan student who's listening, um, it's a counseling service. They do general life advice. They do academic advice, but they also do um, t- like therapy style stuff. So um, if you go to the Sheridan Student Union website and check them out, they're a great resource. They're free. And, I mean, the SSU website. Has anyone else been there? Um, uh, yes, I have, but... I have not. Their second a... S is, like, all of the pride flags. Like, there's oh. a lesbian one, there's an asexual one, there's a non-binary one, there's the general rainbow. There's, I think, um, they even have, like, a pan one, but the letter switches to the different flags. Yeah, I've seen letter. that, I've seen that, yeah. I have yeah. been there, then. That's really cool, Yeah. I was talking to someone and there are like there is like a GSA I think here on campus not on campus in at Trafalgar that I think is going on still virtually is there oh yeah I think so but it's they like plan events and stuff like they plan trans day of remembrance man I need to find these people I didn't 
I was looking for a, like a GSA at Trafalgar, but I couldn't find anything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I th it's difficult because it's all virtual. So it's like, and yeah, I will also after this is done, I will send you resources that I have used. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that would be really helpful. I'll leave those in the description as well. If anyone listen listening wants to reach out to somebody. Because um, that's really the most important thing, I think, is finding support. It's finding like-minded people. It's um, finding someone who understands your situation or is willing to understand your situation. Totally. Very like, much so. Who knew you both would be in Sheridan Radio? You know what's kind of funny is I feel like most of my friends are queer, and I'm, I don't do it intentionally. It's not like when someone tells me they're straight or cis, I'm like, get out. Uh, it's just like, it just kind of happens. And I found that at Sheridan as well. Just accidentally, it kind of happened. We gravitate towards each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just life, energy, and I I feel like we're, I'm more attracted to, like, uh, queer people's energies. Yeah, you definitely. Wanna like surround yourself with people who have had similar experiences to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know what? That's what's so wonderful about the queer community is that no matter where you are, if you find a queer person, it's like instant connection. You're like, oh, you're that, you're that thing too. Okay, and then suddenly you have like common ground. Yeah. You can talk about it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that I've been in situations where I'm around like, straight cis people and then I say something and then it's just like crickets but then when I say the same thing for like queer people and it's just like it's so it's like such a different experience and it's amazing and it makes you feel loved you know yeah I made the uh, I made the mistake the other day I was talking to a straight friend and um, we were talking about this movie and I was like, huh, it's kind of gay. And she just gave me this look like, you can't say that. And I was like, no, 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 I was joking. Like gay in a good way. Like actually homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But the I look she that. gave me, I was like, bless your soul. Bless your soul. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. That's so funny. It's kind of like, um, I don't know how to put this. I want to say like a humor culture. Uh, among queer people where there's like certain things that I every queer person I know jokes about um, and it's kind of weird when you go into a straight environment and you try and bring that humor and then it just doesn't read at all and they're like do you hate straight people? Like a hundred like how could you like, no, no, no. like I've called people a hetero as a joke before and they're like excuse me? yeah <laughs> And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't hate you, I swear. I have nothing against you. This was a giant tangent, but... Uh, it's okay. Yeah. We've been on tangents this entire interview. I know. It happens. <laughs> um, I think we kind of hit everything that um, I wanted to cover. Is there any last thoughts you guys have on the topic that you want to conclude with? I, I want to say that a year ago... I didn't even, I couldn't even fathom like being in the place that I am right now um, within my gender identity and also my being um, queer as well. I am 100% serious when I say 
I did not even think at all that I would be able to be in this place and like feel this and have also um, queer friends in my life as well that I could talk to. It's so wild. Like I thought like, yeah, people would always say like, yeah, it gets better. Um, but you know, some, when you're in like a really difficult place, it's really hard to think that, but I would always believe that just cause it would help me feel better. But I genuinely did not even think that I would be able to be in this place right now. And I'm so grateful. I obviously could be better, but I think that, you know, you never know how life will change for you. And it's always scary for me to say that it gets better, but I think that it really does because you're always working towards that. And so it will get better. I just want to say that. And I'm sending love to everyone listening right now. Um, I'm sending a uh, good energy and yeah. That warms my heart. I love hearing that. <laughs> I love hearing that you're like, I don't know, just things, things get better. It's so wonderful. It's so hopeful. Yeah. And it's so true as well. It's not just like optimistic, you know, mm-hmm. you just surround yourself with people who really love you and really care about you and things work out. I don't know. I think in your brain, you're always hoping for that. You're always like, I want that. And so it happens because you're making it happen for for yourself because I like for me like I wanted it so bad so happens I can honestly say the same thing like a year ago two years ago four years ago I never thought I would get here and it still amazes me every day like things are just always improving like even if they get bad they'll get better and that is a wonderful way to end this episode. So anyone listening, that's what you need to take away from today. It's just, yeah, have have hope because people change and things get better. And all three of us are here to prove that. And I think so many, so many queer people can prove that. So thank you for listening. Um, happy holidays and just... Um, have strength in the holiday season and Mm -hmm. you'll get through it Mm -hmm. you got this you're you're a baddie you got this couldn't have said it better myself thanks for listening if you want to see updates about the podcast just follow us on instagram at queerwriter underscore podcast the next episode this time i'm not lying is about francis jarvis a filmmaker writer and musician from Toronto. So tune in then to hear him talk about being trans and about his music. Hope to see you then. Stay proud.